Scaring is sharing. Hey, all you beautiful little critters. We are here. It's Scaring is Sharing. I am Jeremy Rusk. And I am Brandy Joe Planback. Hello. Hello and boo, I guess. We're here to scare you and share some scares with you. That's right. All of the above. What was the first scary movie you watched in 2021? In 2021? Oh, it was uh, uh, The Phantom Carriage, like I talked about last episode. You sure did, I, and you, you went through it. with it. I went through with it, watched it on New Year's Day. Um, I know it's a movie that kind of stretches. Like I was describing to a friend just recently, uh, I'm like, it's a Swedish silent film that is like a horror fantasy domestic drama. Like <laughs> it neatly falls. So many things. Fall, yeah, it can fall into all of these genres. I do want to correct something. I guess I was a little bit dyslexic. It's not from 1912. I said that last episode because I re-listened to it. It's from 1921. So it's exactly a hundred years old this year. Dyslexia is okay. Yeah, you know, I do that all the time, especially with numbers. I flip them around a lot, but yeah, uh, yeah it's exactly a hundred years old uh, this year. Um, again, rewatching it like I do, I'm always taken by how uh, sophisticated the storytelling is in it for a hundred year old movie. Uh, there are flashbacks within flashbacks in Ooh, the movie. Inception. Yeah, there's like a guy is having a flashback and then in the flashback he tells a story and then it visualizes the story for you. So it does a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, I'm used to like modern movies. Like even a lot of modern movies don't go that far. You know, they don't think the audience is sophisticated enough to follow what's True. happening. So yeah, it goes a lot of places. Um, and for a hundred years old, and then, and then I think too, like Swedish people are just beautiful. <laughs> so all the actors, even though I'm like, I was like, these guys are all long dead, everyone that's in this movie, but it's like, they look like they could be in movies now. And has it been like colorized? No, no, it's still, you know, it's in black and white or like, well, I don't know what film stock they use because it's not in a normal like black and white. There's some like sepia tone. I thought it looked like bluish and something. <laughs> yeah, certain say. scenes are in like a bluish tint. Like, I don't know exactly. I know this has to do with like the film stock that was used, like why it okay. looks certain ways with these old movies. Cause some of them, some of the scenes are in like a sepia. Some of them are in like a bluish, like, and I'm sure I could dig deeper and find out. Victor Jostrom was the director of it. I'm sure I could find out like what he was. I'm sure they each represent something different probably. But yeah, so that is a great movie. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Yeah. The first movie I watched in 2021 was The Call. And there's a few of these movies. There's one with Lin Shay that my friend Tony said was absolutely horrible. Um, and I've not really heard much about it. So I'm not surprised by that. But the one I watched is from South Korea. And it is on the Netflix. And I would kind of describe it as The Lake House, which is that movie with Sandra Bullock, where mm -hmm. she like talks to someone from another time, like from i don't know 20 years before but they like communicate via a mailbox yeah my parents like that movie <laughs> i've never actually seen it but uh, it's i would describe it as that meets single white female so uh -oh. it is, Weird. Uh, it's very cool it's a very neat little movie and i really highly recommend it i gave it three and a half stars but it i definitely like it was it was a fun little ride and you kind of don't know where things are going and it's inventive and just really cool and I kept hearing now that the end of the year has come and passed or, you know, we're still mm -hmm. in the beginning of 2021, but all of, I love reading 
the top 10 best horror movies of the year. So I kind of, at this point, am watching a lot of them that I miss that I see consistently coming up in these lists. Mm -hmm. And um, that is one of them. So that was the first one I watched. What was the last movie of 2020 horror movie you got in then? The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I hear that's amazing. I loved it. I thought it was so good. I heard it, uh, a lot, a few of the podcasts and like blogs I follow for horror movies, like people raved about it. I know the director that made it, he did another movie uh, a couple There's years like ago. A that cop, was a cop, a funny cop movie. Yeah, like a dramedy, if you will, that I know was super well received. So. Um, so the guy who directed it and stars in it, and I think wrote it as yeah. well, is named Jim Cummings. That's him. And he had done another film called Thunder Road, which looks mm-hmm. like a very funny movie, but it's probably similar to this. Like, in it's very mixed in its tone. Yeah. Um, and The Wolf of Snow Hollow also has Ricky Lindholm, which is a part of Garfunkel and Oates. They're like yeah. a like a duo. I I am I know them. They're hilarious. They're so funny. And Ricky Lindholm is just I've always loved her. She was in The Last House on the Left remake. Uh, and okay. she's normally very funny. She's in Knives Out. Um, mm-hmm. she's just so good. So I really loved seeing her in it. And again, I, I really recommend it. It's a, I love a good horror comedy blend as I've discussed many a time and it definitely would be on my top 10. I'm still waiting. I still have a few movies that I need to watch before I officially sort of say my top 10 of 2020, but I'm, I'm rounding it out. I watched Swallow last night, mm-hmm. which I've seen on a lot of these lists. Having watched it, I was a little confused why it's on a lot of these top 10 horror lists. And I think it's because it deals with some body horror. It's about a gal. She's in sort of a controlling relationship or a relationship with a controlling husband. And she becomes pregnant and she develops pica, which is that disorder where you eat unusual things yeah things that aren't food correct yeah um so there's definitely some you know squirm inducing scenes because of some of the things she eats uh-huh. um i definitely would describe it as a drama mm. um but i keep seeing it on these lists so it was the reason i watched it and i was a little i wouldn't put it on my top 10 horror movies of 2020 because i i personally don't consider it there or even quite adjacent just personally but it was really good and i keep hearing about this movie fade to black on a lot of the it keeps popping up everywhere my gay horror group it's on strutter it's like a lost film it is and it's just come to the surface and everyone's talking my favorite podcast it's only a podcast recently talked about it someone wrote in they Mm -hmm. hadn't really heard of it so i watched it on shutter And it's a fun little watch. It's definitely interesting. It reminded me kind of of Christine. Mm -hmm. That's the vibe I sort of had. I wanted to check it. I know it's, um, I want to say it was Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, Hopefully I'm shouting out the right company that they got a hold of it, remastered it, and they put out like a collector's Blu-ray of it. And that's kind of the thing. Like this is a movie that I guess it was influential. Well, maybe not influential, but I know like, John Carpenter, I want to say, or some other filmmakers were like champions of it when it came out. Uh, And it was like a movie that like fan, I think was made in the 70s, I want to say, something like that, maybe the early 80s. But I know when it came out, like people loved it and it just never had like a home video release, apparently. 1980 is when it came out. Okay, yeah. And you're correct, Vinegar Syndrome put out a, a release in like November. 
yeah, fans at the time, I guess it was like beloved uh, and became like a midnight movie or something like that along those lines. And then it just disappeared and it never came out on like video, uh, at least not in a mass produced way. So it's like spent a lot of time on the internet as this like legendary film that nobody had seen, but everyone's like, I hear it's amazing. This really good like horror slasher movie that nobody's seen because we can't find it anywhere. So yeah, it's a little, I mean, I definitely would consider it horror. It is a bit of like more of a mystery thriller sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There is one mask in it that I find particularly eerie because Mm -hmm. he sort of takes out his bullies by like various like methods of horror movies that he loves. And I won't go into them so you can keep them a surprise, but it sort of felt like Carrie Christine, you know, very thinking. Revenge against the the bullies. Yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. very good and I, I recommend it. I need to check it out. Uh, I've been meaning to. I keep seeing it on like Shutter and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I should watch that because every friggin' horror blog wrote about it. Like, watch this movie. It's a yeah. hidden gem. So I also had um, a double feature. Like within 24 hours, I watched The Hunt and Hunter Hunter. Do you know about either of these films? Which one is the. The Hunt is the one that came out and there had just been a shooting or something. So they removed it from coming out oh, in the yes. cinemas. Yes, yeah. Uh Sarah and I watched that a while back. Okay, with Hillary Swank, she's in it. Yes. And yeah. Some the- weird people like Ike Barinholz and Emma Roberts. Yes. Um, <laughs> which it just it, it would definitely the surprises kept coming in the beginning, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a fun movie. I thought yeah, it was pretty good. I enjoyed good. it. I thought it was a, a decent little ride. I hadn't heard a lot about it, but again these lists are popping up and it has been on quite a few of them. So I, I checked that out. And Hunter Hunter, are you familiar with this movie? No, not that one. Okay, I definitely recommend it. I think you would like it. And it has some very familiar faces from like the 90s, like early 2000s, one of which is Nick Stahl. Yes. Do you know, remember good old Nick Stahl? I do. And then Devin Sawa is in it as well. <gasps> I know, I knew that would excite you. Devin Sawa. <laughs> Sawa. <laughs> um, I would not have even known it was him until the credits hit. <laughs> I did not know it was him. He's like all in on horror movies now. Because he, he's apparently one of the leads in For My Punk Rockers out there. Uh, Glenn Danzig, the fabled lead singer of well his titular metal band Danzig uh but the classic punk rock outfit the Misfits he has gone into directing he's tried to pull a Rob Zombie and be a metal you know singer that's now a horror movie director he did that flick Veronica I don't know if you heard about that but uh that's on like the year's worst lists really it he directed it he wrote and directed it and did everything and apparently, you know, it, people call it, it, it's like the room, apparently, that it's so unself-aware of how bad it is that it's uh-huh. fucking it's hilarious. It's coming to me now. I hear. Uh, but he has a, another feature. Somehow he was, <laughs> well, I'm assuming he's got, that, he's got that recording artist money. So he just makes these himself. But he has a Western about vampires coming out. Okay. And Devin Sawa is one of the leads in it. Yeah, Veronica has a... out of 10 on IMDb. That is insane. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with that low of a rating. I've been meaning to watch it because I'm assuming I will probably love it because I love movies that are so bad they become hilarious, uh, which is what I hear this is. So 
Um, yeah, save that for when we can watch it together, please. Yes, that yes. sounds like a, a fun ride. Wow, a 1.9. The room has a 3.7. Yeah. And I think the room has had enough time though to become so beloved. Like I fucking, it is true. I yeah. love the room so it's much. So much fun. I, I've seen that movie too many times for something that's so bad. But have you seen the disaster artist? Yes. Is it worth watching? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, although I would recommend reading the book, The Disaster Artist, first. Okay. Uh, the book is like one of the funniest books I've ever read in my life. So do you think he went into it aware of what he was doing? Because isn't that some of what the guest, I mean, The Disaster Artist is about? A little bit. They say that I think now he just realized like what people enjoy about it. And so he's like changed his like, yeah, it was supposed to be a comedy. Like, I think he changed his mind. Okay. Because And apparently the same thing's happening to Danzig with having made Veronica where <laughs> he like went to screenings of it and people were laughing like through the whole movie. Okay. And he's apparently been like, I didn't expect that reaction, but whatever. Like, you know, if people enjoy it, that's fine. Now, did you watch Veronica, which was that Netflix movie that came out that was all the rage there? And they were saying like, oh, it's one of the scariest movies because everyone's turning it off. Like Netflix puts out these like statistics, which are such bullshit. Because like if you turn off a movie because you don't like it, it also shows yeah. up in, those, <laughs> that's, that's in what that I was, stat. I read stuff about that where people were saying, no, I think it's actually because it was bad and people were turning it off, not because it was super scary. I really liked it, actually. And it did have some genuinely creepy scenes. So. Did it? I recommend it. I thought it was really good, but just that's when you started to see that algorithm mentioned a lot. And mm -hmm. then like other movies that come out, they're like, oh, this one's so scary. People aren't finishing it. And it's like, come on. <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't think, maybe I'm just too jaded too, where I'm like, there's nothing that's going to scare me that much that I no. had to turn it off. I'm like, please uh, scare me that much. I wish. I wish yeah. there was something so disturbing. Uh, sadly, it's at the point where I'm like, I'd have to be seeing like a snuff film to actually be like something that's for real to be that yeah. disturbed. So, and okay, speaking of Netflix, did you happen to see that Keanu Reeves movie, Knock Knock, has been making the rounds again? Yes, like within the last like few months, it was one of the top ten most watched movies on Netflix recently. Uh, I that's got to just be because he's having such a career renaissance. I bet I people guess, are like. Did you see it? I tried to start it like when it first came out and oh I, I turned it off. God. I didn't it's like it. So horrible. Yeah. And I, I heard too many people tell me like, oh, it was shitty. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't commit to this. Then I watched like the very beginning it was like lame. And it's like a remake of this movie from like the 70s. Oh, OK. Called like huh. Death Game or... But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the fact that like, you know, he's John Wick now. <laughs> so everyone's like anything with him in it. And I am a Keanu fanboy, but I Oof. understand he can only do, he only does certain things. Like, I mean, you are correct. I, I've never seen any of the Bill and Ted's and I, I should. I, 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 you should. Those are delightful. Uh, you know, he's fantastic in the John Wick movies. He's Neo. In the like these sorts of things, there's like a certain level that you can throw him in, and like he works fantastically at that. Uh, but in other stuff, like you know, the legendary performance from Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, where uh -huh. they made him try to do that British accent, and it's just so bad. So it's so interesting when a movie sort of has a, a resurfacing after so long, like Megan is missing. 
like just recently that, that do you know of this movie no, no it's from a while i mean knock knock itself is from 2015 which is crazy since it's just now like people are watching it but megan is missing is from 2011 and it was about like this girl it was all like a found footage film and this girl like meets this guy online she goes to meet him and she disappears and then mm. her friend starts looking for her and goes to meet up with the guy and then i'm just gonna spoilers alerts abound here but this is the reason it all became popular was um she finds the guy the guy's like well if you want to you know see what happened to her you have to come with me and then he kidnaps her he rapes her he then like opens this barrel with megan inside of it dead and he makes her get inside and he's like if you get inside i'll take you home but then he buries her alive and he films it all of course it's all found footage but it started popping up on tiktok and people thought it was real oh okay one of those <laughs> one of those so like and people were freaking out like one of the actresses like wrote the director and was like um everyone's posting footage of megan is missing on tiktok and thinking it's like really like something that happened so then the director had to like come out and say like you know this is all fiction and it was very interesting though i watched it kids these days watch more movies that TikTok or whatever it's called you know it's just so crazy i don't understand it yeah that like a, i remember a couple years ago i never really watched i i think i saw scenes of it on the internet but there was that netflix show american vandal yeah i wanted to watch it in one of the season i think the second season or something there was footage that was getting shared on the internet as if it was real and people that thought it was hilarious. a real thing that happened where like the kid the vandal in question i suppose like dosed the school with laxatives yeah and kids were just shitting everywhere and people were sharing it online as if it was a real like thing that happened yeah it's easy to fool people i guess it's funny too a couple of years ago logan's run remember that movie that nope. crappy science fiction movie from the 70s it's the one where like when you reach the age of 30 you die in got the society it yep. and they, they yep. have little gems in their hands that blink and tell them it's your time that was on netflix like it popped up on netflix a few years ago and i just remember like for some reason younger i say younger like younger than us like they were all obsessed with it for a minute like all of a sudden it was like this thing because it sounds very like hunter games the maze yeah. runner it seems like it really fits into that i sort feel of like maybe mythology. i never i never really dug into like why did this all of a sudden blow up with like gen z where they're like logan's run have you even heard of this movie and it's like yes like <laughs> everyone over a certain age knows like this movie existed and it's very silly like it's not a super good movie but yeah for a minute it had like a, a resurgence i remember like why is everyone watching logan's run again like I guess you understand those Family Guy and South Park jokes now that have been referencing it forever. But. And, it's, and it can happen with movies like Fade to Black with, you know, a much more smaller community rediscover yeah. something when there is like a, a really great Blu-ray release of it or Shudder puts it up on their list or Netflix mm -hmm. or whomever puts the release up of some movie that previously you couldn't like rent at the video store and yeah. it's really good or really bad and it just sort of takes off. So... I don't know how knock knock fits into any of that because it was just god awful and you're so lucky you didn't finish it because i don't I, why why i wonder why again it's just got to be the keanu connection i bet that's it all right so shall we share some movies i think so well I i'm gonna give so. you a trilogy of terror like you gave me yeah that's what i i think i'm gonna try to do because i think like doing four movies in a certain type or genre or whatever like seems like a little bit of a lot so i'm you gave me a trilogy. Oh, yes. Terror, 
with Tetsuo, House, and what was the third one? Godzilla. And Godzilla. Just wanted to forget it. Uh-huh. So um, I'm giving you a trilogy of terror Ooh. coming up. I'm not going to tell you. what You're going to figure it out, though. Okay. <laughs> cool. Is, well, who about? goes? I think you go first. I time, sure right? do. I sure okay. do. So the first film in my trilogy of terror to you is The Taking of Deborah Logan. Uh, cool. Um, so what do you know of it? Uh, probably a little more than I should. Uh, I know when it came out. I remember when it came out. I remember the ad campaign because the ad campaign was fucking pervasive uh, when this came out years ago. So I can I can see the trailers in my head immediately. I know it's about like... Uh, the setup is that like grandma or whoever, some old relative, she's got dementia, but she's doing fucked up shit. So they decide, or she's possessed, you know, it's clearly like demonic possession. Um, And I know that that's what it's about. Brian Singer produced it, I think. He's very problematic now. Yeah. Uh, But I think he was one of the producers, you know, writing off of his X-Men fame having directed a million of those so i know it's big budget it's slick or at least a decent sized budget so it's pretty slick looking uh i think it's found footage uh but that's it i i from from what i know about it it's about old lady possessed by demons kills people that's what i think it's about um and i remember i skipped it because it was just like whenever it came out what was that the 2010s early 2010s or the late just 2000 aughts but I, I seem to recall it was 2014. A, 2014. Okay, yeah, just a few years ago. I would say like into the 2000s is really where I kind of settled into a like a malaise about horror, like anything new that was coming out of just like, it all looks bad. I don't, <laughs> I'm not excited about like any new movies that are coming out in the horror genre. Um, so that's why I skipped it. But in recent years, I've seen lots of people sharing this as like, this was really good and not enough people paid attention to it when it came out. So I'm kind of excited to actually watch this. Well, I hope you dig it. I hope so. And I know the poster, it was that like red poster with just like creepy old lady face. So. Yep, yeah, you and your posters, you know. Yeah, I, I remember them. That's like, that's the thing with horror advertising. Like you got a decent poster. Like I'll at least remember the title and the image forever. Although I was so. thinking about it because we talked about it in the last episode, it was definitely something that was much more um, prevalent back in the days when we would go to the video stores. Cause you would look at those boxes all the time and like trying to decide what you would watch. I even remember so many of them, what the pictures were on the back. Like when you're mm-hmm. watching a movie, you're like, Oh, that's that the pic, the still that was on the back of the box. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But now it still holds true. It's just, uh, you know, at the time it was, it was definitely more of a thing because you'd look at them numerous times a week when you go to the video store. It's funny you say that too, because I remember, I I remember the image of um, Hellraiser 2, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. On the back of the video box was the still image of Pinhead wearing uh, a doctor's like outfit. Mm, And that's not mm -hmm. actually in the movie. It's Those a, were fun, yeah. yeah. It was it was a cut scene that uh, didn't make it into the movie, but they still had that still image that uh, uh, they used in the advertising. So that stuck in my head. And wasn't the cover like not like a design? It was looked like a still from the movie for 
Hellraiser 2, wasn't it? Yes. Hellraiser 2, the, the box that I remember was just, a, it's an image of Pinhead and the female Cenobite yeah. uh, standing together. And it's literally just a still from the movie. Yeah, I was like, that's lazy. The it's the, super lazy. When Hellraiser 1 is like an amazing It's design. that awesome painting of him oh, holding the puzzle box. So good. It's so cool. It's so one of the greatest posters. I think I love it. I love, I love Pinhead. It huge fan of Pinhead. Huge fan of Doug Bradley, the actor that has portrayed him. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing with like a lot of the Hellraisers. Like as you go from the first through the first like handful of sequels, at least his performance is stellar. So that like, you I think I talked about this. On that. You can always count it. I think I mentioned this before. Hellraiser 3, you would only watch that one for Doug Bradley because he gets a ton of screen time. And he just has some of his best one-liners in the entire series in that movie. So rewatch Hellraiser 3 for some great Doug Bradley stuff. All right, man. Well, I'm going to give you... Give it to me. You know what? I I actually had two different ideas for trilogies of terror of my oh. own now. Uh, of certain certain themes, if you will. And so I think, you know, once bitten, twice shy now. Because I feel <laughs> like I've given you too many things that you've just been meh about. I want to <laughs> give you a movie that you'll actually like. Uh, so I'm, I'm scared. Give me, I don't care. I don't Figure care if I'm going to like it or not. It's, it's fine with me. I like that you're, you're expanding my knowledge. Yeah. And I want to give you some good stuff. So for, well, I think it's going to depend on how you react to this one, how long I will force you to stay in this place, <laughs> but we're going to Tromaville. Oh, okay. And I am giving you the Toxic Avenger, the original Toxic Avenger. Fun. And I hope you have fun with it. Do you know, what do you know about it? It's, I'm sure you know pretty much what it is. I mean, I know that there's a guy who, I don't know if he's like a nerd or if he's awkward. I don't, I know he's not like a popular guy and he Mm -hmm. somehow, I don't know if he's being chased by criminals or bad guys or bullies, but I know that the uh, bin of toxic waste dumps on him. When I say that, I think of the guy from RoboCop, though, who falls into toxic waste. <laughs> that, that seems fucking awesome. <laughs> it is. That's what I think of, though. Whenever I start to think of the Toxic Avenger, I go to that. And then he's sort of reborn as this monster. I think there must be a love interest, um, like sort of a Beauty and the Beast sort of thing, storyline, where, you know, she must be scared of him, but I imagine he's going to prove himself to be like, I, I bet she doesn't know it's him at first. It's one of those sorts of things. Um, I don't know that she probably didn't like him before, but she was probably nice to him. And probably the baddies who were chasing him or caused the toxic waste dump initially are the ones he's sort of seeking revenge on. But then I sort of imagine it also sort of like Batman, like he's like fighting crime in the area, maybe not only with just the people who, you know, hurt him, but also the people who are hurting this particular girl or the city in general. And he becomes sort of an unlikely hero. And I I know that there's a sequel, but I still think at the end, I feel like somehow he's, he's going to be seemingly gone, dead. That's what I think. But I'm excited for it. I think it's arguably... Troma's most popular film. Uh, maybe not I, even arguably. Maybe it just is. I would say correct. The most well-known. He, at he's least. like the mascot of Troma. So cool. Well, I'm excited for you to give me some knowledge of Troma because I'm sure you got it. I, oh, I got plenty. <laughs> I uh, at a convention. Me and my buddy James. We met Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, you know that means uh, nothing to me right now. He is. He's the director, 
writer okay. of Toxic Avenger, most of Troma's big stuff, but he's like half of Troma is Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hers. They started the company together and run it together. And Lloyd is like the face. Uncle Lloyd, as the fans call him, he's the face of the company. He's he's like an even crazier Mel Brooks, like personality-wise. Okay. So uh, he's quite a character. And we met him at a convention and he is a delight. So I'll have more to say on that later. And are you a fan of the musical? Do you know the musical? I have literally only seen like clips on youtube i think of performances so i'm not super familiar with it but i am a fan of the series of movies so you know there's that so i hope you enjoy this this one is you know (laughs) it's it's gonna be a trip once you watch this thing like once you actually see a trauma movie it's a whole new world (laughs) of like filmmaking so have fun all right i will i'm gonna good all right. Well, till next time. Uh, and by next time, I mean later this episode. <laughs> In just a few moments. Just a few moments, you'll hear us. We'll be back. That's right. Cue the music. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Okay, guys, we are back. Yeah, we are. We're back and we're going to talk about some movies. We're going to do it. Don't All stop right. us. <laughs> I mean, you can by like stopping you, the podcast. You can just turn but, it off. But don't, please. I hope you want to hear about some <laughs> flipping horror movies. Let's some do it. Flipping. All right. So first, we're on the taking of Deborah Logan. And yes. The letterbox tagline is, evil lives within you. And the description is lengthy. What starts as a poignant medical documentary about Deborah Logan's descent into Alzheimer's disease and her daughter's struggles as caregiver degenerates, degenerates, degenerates? Degenerates. Thank you. (laughs) Degenerates. Degenerates into a maddening portrayal of dementia at its most frightening as hair-raising events begin to plague the family and crew and an unspeakable malevolence threatens to tear the very fabric of sanity from them all. Ooh. <laughs> it's the end. Uh, the, the end. Uh, and that's it. We're done. Yep. Bye. No. <laughs> See you guys. No, this was a... Uh, uh, this was a good movie. Oh, good, because I was about to apologize to you, so... Were you? <laughs> I did not like it nearly as much as I did before, but please, talk to me. Uh, I had fun. This is my first time seeing this. Okay, first off, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So if you don't want... Like, yep, the best <laughs> fucking part of this movie, and I had seen it on the internet, shared as like a meme, uh, ah. is when she turns into a snake monster and starts yep. swallowing the girl's head. Yep, the uh, best, the best. Yep, I had no idea what movie it was from. I'd just seen it a lot where I'm like, that's ah, from some like, you know, probably random horror movie that I didn't see from like the last 10 years. And it was, it was, you know, this one, but that was fucking cool. So cool. So this watch through, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this. You, you'll find that I, I really like, I like satanic movies with the devil <laughs> stuff, stuff like this. Just really, I, it's gotta be the fact that I, you know, I grew up a Catholic boy and it's just like, mm. I feel like maybe it was just like my parish and my like growing up, but I'm, I feel like it's pretty true for most people that grew up Catholic. It's that uh, as much as, you know, the church is about Jesus and God, 
uh we spent a lot of time talking about the devil and demons and are like way into it like the entire field of demonology as they call it is almost entirely like you know it's all catholic priests that came up with all this stuff so so i'm about it i am here for fucking demons and demonic <laughs> possession i just love those stories the ex- everything is derivative of the exorcist of course which is of what this course. felt like uh in any decent like Anything that's the omen or the exorcist, anything satanic, like this movie felt like just the greatest hits of those kind of movies. Uh, but it was entertaining enough to, you know, to keep my attention, keep me locked in. She's so creepy looking. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she's an ugly woman, but when she wants to look creepy, she really does. Like when her hair is pulled mm-hmm. back, she has that big old forehead and she just looks kind of, she can look really scary. It's good. Yeah, she just did a great job. They, I, I liked the found footage they did with this. I, I like the idea of a fake documentary. Like, it's like, oh, this is a professional documentary they're making. Like, that's why it looks so good. Because usually found footage movies, like, you know, like fucking Blair Witch, where uh, it's just kids walking in the woods, but you're like, they have so much command of cinema. You're like, these aren't just dumb kids. Like, it takes me out of the illusion a little bit, a lot of found footage. Where but in Blair like, Witch, they, like, literally walked around with those cameras. Like, you, yeah. it feels so authentic. Whereas here, I'm like, okay, there's cameramen and, you know, boom. Because yeah, well, like, it, it was a professional documentary. Oh, okay, okay. So that's where, that's where they got <laughs> me with that. All right. So I bought into that. Gavin is the best character uh, <laughs> because he's the one that's like, this is some devil shit. I'm piecing out of the movie. Bye. And he's just gone. And I'm like, the smartest person in this. Like, as soon as grandma is levitating, I'm out of there. Like, why would you stay and be like, we got to finish the movie? No. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't get attacked by snake monster grandma. Mm. um, Because he's smart. I love a movie. Like, in the beginning, this was really... It seemed pretty mediocre for like a lot of it. I was like, eh, you know, I've seen it before. Uh, the stuff I did like is when they get into the mythology of what's happening, when you're like, oh, this child killing serial killer from years ago started a demonic ritual, uh, they believe, and killed some kids and disappeared and blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, like local legend shit like that, like, I don't know if it's just because it, when I was a kid, like when I was a teenager, I so badly wanted to be like the Hardy Boys and crack a local, like, yeah. isn't there a murder house in my neighborhood where there's like <laughs> some crazy story, you know? Totally, yeah. Uh, so whenever a movie goes into the like, you know, I, I know you're not a fan of this movie, but it's it was like House of a Thousand Corpses when they get into Dr. Satan. Like it reminded me of like the local crazy legend of the serial killer and he was never seen again and he's still out there. <laughs> uh, that I just... Always. As cliched as it is, I always love it. Uh, And then all the demon, when she turns into the snake monster, I thought that was pretty sweet. The scene where they find her in the attic uh, naked and she's babbling in French with like the switchboard, that I thought was really creepy. Like I loved that moment. Uh, And then when the switchboard blows up and you see a flash of the demon face for a minute, Mm -hmm. like that was super cool. Uh, and I almost thought I didn't, you know, I thought it was like, oh, my mind's playing tricks on me, but I looked it up online and they're like, oh, it was there. Like you see her for a minute. And I thought that was neat. So that's my gushing. One thing I absolutely couldn't stand was the lead chick making the documentary. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I just, her acting was terrible. Mia. Mia. Sorry, Mia. Uh, number one, here's a cliche I hate which is the, she's a doctor, she's a scientist, so she's a skeptic. So even when you're watching footage of somebody levitating, 
like your initial reaction should just be like, what the fuck? No matter how much of a skeptic you are. But she's like, there's a logical explanation for this, like immediately. And I just, I hate that when they lean so hard into having the one character disbelieve everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It went on for way too long. Like it took the face, you know, they're being faced by so much like craziness. Like, how are you not more concerned (laughs) and freaked out? Uh, And part of that might've been directing. Maybe it's not the actor. Maybe it was the direction she was giving, given. But it was a little like that performance was wonky and it really like, it was wonky enough, because I watched some bad, the next movie we're talking about is a bad fucking movie. Talk about some bad performances. Sorry to skip ahead there, but uh, this was enough of a wonky performance that it bothered me watching this. See, the first time I watched it, I was sure there was going to be a twist with the daughter being involved as opposed to really wanting to save her mom, like that there was going to be some sort of twist. And I was doing, like when I was looking up some things online today, just about the movie, I came into like some Reddit threads and someone said, I thought a better movie would have been that the documentary lead gal, Mia, would have not actually been making a documentary about Alzheimer's. She would have been a part of this like cult, like oh, this guy had. Yeah, that would, and that would it have would been, have been cool. about getting around Finishing that. the ritual. Totally, which I'm yeah. like, that would have been a really nice twist and could have explained a lot of why she was the way she was in yeah. regards to just like dealing with it and like being like, oh no, that's, yeah, because she's not a great character. No, not at all. And I, this movie reminded me a lot of, I feel like if you took elements of this movie and elements of Relic and combined <laughs> yeah. them, you would yeah. have had a really good movie yeah, they about definitely a, are. about a demon grandma. <laughs> and there was like the digging in the ground. There was yeah. That scene. I was like, oh, I was like, Relic is so similar to this. Except like, what I didn't like about Relic was the lack of explanation. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't need everything spelled out, but I wanted a little bit more as to like what was happening. Uh, and this movie, as much as I did like the legend, they kind of overexplained to the point where it's just yeah. Because yeah. here's my big plot hole with this that bothers me is they explain in what was happening with the ritual that he needed girls who just had their period. Well, this little girl, Kara, definitely could not, she was nine. Like I'm sure she, and if she did have her period, they should have explained she's nine because of cancer, which I'm sure isn't a thing when you have cancer, you get your your cycle early. I can't, but they should have explained it if that was the case. So like, why did you need to bring that as a plot point in at all when, why would she be completing the 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 fifth sacrifice when she wasn't what they had set up as what the girl needed to be? Like also, that to me is a plot hole. Yeah, for sure. And also that she's now possessed by Dehardine at the end. Like Yeah. Like uh, what the fuck happened there? Like that was what he's doing? Like he's supposed to possess one of them and or what? I, I, I guess yeah. that when he was alive, it sounded like he wanted to do this ritual so that he could live forever as who he, he was. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. or whatever. Yeah. So then they talk about how it was easier for him to possess Deborah Logan because of her mental state and that you could also like an, inhabit the, the young and, you know, the people. The infirm. The infirm, yes. Yeah. So I feel like that's what was happening at the end. But why did you need to eat her head? To maybe yeah. you need to eat her head to put the soul of him into her. See, and I love found footage. I watch a lot of it. I rarely 
like them, but I love the genre. I like to see what they do with it. And me it too. Definitely creep me out. I think and it all started with Blair Witch for sure because it was just so good. Yeah, th- this was a movie. Like watching this too was like it gave me vibes, of course, of like the first Paranormal Activity, uh, which like I loved when it came out, but now is like a movie I don't think I'll ever revisit it because it's just yeah. Like, I was man. not a fan just because of the the tropes. Yeah, that are so it was ingrained. it was one of those movies that I feel like. It was entirely like a fun house ride movie. Like you see it in the sure. theater and react with an audience who's like having a great time, like in a packed house. And like, that was fun. Uh, rewatching it. I'm like, this is boring as shit. And like. And Katie's the worst. Yeah. Like, just like her as an actress. I just I couldn't stand her. She was super annoying. I mean, I just like, if I can't get on board with the characters, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, Checked out. Out. I'll finish it out, but I like, I'm just annoyed and I'm not going to enjoy myself. You know, it's funny too, because in the first paranormal activity, my favorite part is when they get the demon book and they look up like, which demon is it? And I'm like, just make a documentary about demons. I'll watch that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a horror movie. Like, I'll find that interesting. But yeah, this was, this was, this, this had fun moments. I feel like, like if I saw this right when it came out, I would have been into it at that time. Yeah. And I definitely was. I also hate the trope of, I know it's like an edited together documentary. We kind of set that up in the beginning. Yeah. So I should be able to forgive some things, but I can't, I hate like, oh, something bad's gonna happen soon. So we're gonna have this like low rumble oh, underneath yeah, like yeah, the yeah, silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. And then too. there's sometimes when like actual music came in, like scary music. And I'm just like, I know that we're watching it edited documentary sure. so i should be able to forgive that but like at the same time i don't watch a lot of documentaries that have those things for effect it'll have underlying piano or whatever in a yeah. sensitive scene but like that sort of shit where i'm like you're manipulating my emotions as i'm watching a horror movie yeah and that really drives me nuts because i think it'd be scarier if there was no none of that mm-hmm. i feel like it would be but probably not to a sort of mainstream you know audience they're looking for that manipulation maybe they don't know it but they they want something a little cheaper and so that's why like for the masses yeah that's what they do and it drives me nuts sure sure and also the name of the town i kept thinking they were saying eczema me too and and it's it is but it's e-x-u-m-a but why would you name it something that sounds like eczema i know i was like like, is that supposed to be a joke (laughs) i know is it and then the little girl's wig cap was so bad Uh like there's just things about that i'm like oh my god and you have to yes you have to have the comedic cameraman you have to have your no your your comic relief in there and it's always best in the form of one of the cameramen who you know has to be like oh fuck yep i'm out of here i i I do like the other camera guy too that was of course with his crack where he's like oh yeah you guys are gonna make the black guy go first when they send him (laughs) up in the attic and i was like thank you for being self-aware that was uh because they were leaning hard into a fucking trope there and it's like thank you for being self-aware about it though but yeah, so I had some I had some fun with this. But I, I, after it was done, I was like, I'll probably never watch this again, or at least yeah. not. Like this will probably be something like maybe I'll catch a clip on the internet or on TV or something like that. But I, I don't think I'd sit and down yeah, and watch this whole thing. I didn't think it was horrible, but no. I definitely was like, wow, why did I like it so much the first time? But it was you know six years ago, mm-hmm. so who knows? You know, I guess I hadn't seen probably a good ten to twenty as many found footage movies as I have now. Yeah. Um, So one of the most interesting things on this Reddit thread I was reading was someone commented and said, is there any nudity in this? 
And another person replied, yes, but it's an elderly Alzheimer's patient nudity. So if that's your thing. And then the person responded, kind of. Are they wearing diapers at any point? (laughs) (laughs) To which the person responded back, "Um, you know what? This comment is actually creepier than the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I agree. I definitely think it is pretty pretty horrible you know another like cliche they had in here that i i just remembered that i love even though it is absolutely a cliche is when they're learning about the local legend and there's conveniently an existing documentary where they're like watch this youtube <laughs> video that will explain yeah. all of this yeah uh, and i'm like but i love when they make those cheesy like so dr de hardine where it's like a crappy news report about like the story from years ago and they're like i'm surprised you didn't hear about this because there's a similar, uh, did you ever watch Preacher, the uh, no. TV series? Are you familiar with it? Or I of it? know kind of what it is, yeah. Based on the awesome horror comic. And it was graphic. a it was, oh, okay. or, or series of graphic novels. And the show was a pretty good adaption in its own right. But they do something similar where they like go to the library uh, and they listen to the audio books on tape about serial killers to learn about Amazing. like the one, uh, the saint of killers who's like becomes the, one of the main antagonists who's you know like an angel of death but there's like an urban legend about him being this prolific murderer that's out there so they listen to the books on tape to find out who he is and you're like what an amazing way to deliver exposition background on a character uh but so i'm a sucker for it i love it i don't know why i also i'm just real tired of the found footage like editing where it's like oh we can just put some blackouts in here and make it all like just edit it together like it's just cheap and it's like just Mm -hmm. like i don't mind a shaky camera Mm -hmm. like blair witch just feels so real it doesn't feel like they use lots of cheap camera edits to like make it all scary yeah and here there's especially once we get to the end there's just all those like i don't know i just like i was like ugh. (laughs) Ugh. <laughs> and I do like it's so it's cheap. It's pretty counterintuitive too, because like there's so often like you're holding a fucking camera, but like watch walking into pitch black, like still holding the camera. Like nobody does that. Like you got the light, the infrared, like you're gonna be yeah. switching toggling, like you're never just gonna be an extended blackout while holding a camera. Like it's pointless. Right. And and they always have something, they can pick up so much, especially modern cameras, they're already designed to automatically attune to the light sensitivity wherever you are. So you're going to be able to get something uh, if you're walking into a dark room. So it's like, how does that happen? Why does that happen? Did you put the lens cap on? Like, what is this? And I looked on Rotten Tomatoes and it has a 90% critic rating, but then I realized it was because there was only 10 critics because yeah. they didn't screen it for critics. <laughs> so no wonder it's so high. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and I figured out too, like why I must have skipped this one because it, when I was reading about the reviews, it looked like a couple of the blogs I follow like did not like this. Like I think Bloody Disgusting might have been one of them that was like yeah, not a fan they of said it. It was yeah derivative. Yeah, and it brings nothing new to the table. That's yeah, that's them. Because uh, I read that them specifically pretty pretty regularly, or I used to pretty regularly. So mm-hmm. I, I think I remember that review being like it's crap, and it's like I tend to trust them. So like I'm in line yeah. with a lot of their tastes. So I skipped it. And here's my. I don't know if I'm totally off base. Like, here's my weird thought that I had watching this is at the end, they say produced by Brian Singer, uh, who we all know is, you know, so problematic now. Uh, Hopefully people are aware of what, I mean, I know there aren't any actual, like, you know, innocent until proven guilty, whatever. There's no real, you know, charges against him at the, at this time but I, I was thinking about the whole like he produced this movie where like part of it is like killing children and assaulting 
mm. children, you know, young people. And it always makes you wonder about like, did that speak to him? Like, why was he on board with this considering his apparent history with young people, uh, younger people? So I don't know. That was, that was my creepy about. thought about this where it's kind of like the Jeepers Creepers, you know, with Victor oh, yeah. Salva. Like clearly there's, you know, a convict, he's a convicted fucking pedophile that wrote two movies about a monster that eats young people. So you're like, huh. See, and I've never thought about that aspect. I just think of when he has like people walking, boys like walking around their whitey tidies. That's where- Oh, I see, I, I, to me. I'm, I go deeper, man. I'm like, is but yeah, this I like coming out of- killing thing. Is this coming out of your fucking psyche about like, like, you know what I mean? Have you seen The Last Exorcism? Yes, I thought about that movie while watching this. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I think it's better than this one. Yes, because I remember really enjoying The Last Exorcism. I I haven't seen it in like a decade or whenever it came out, so I'm kind of worried to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, But I really want to because I loved it when I saw it in theaters. I I thought it was a particularly good exorcism found footage movie. Last Exorcism 2 is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking bad. So bad. Uh, But the first one I remembered thinking, this is an incredible, particularly good, especially when it came out, like the stuff around it, (laughs) that it stood out. Yeah, maybe we should revisit that. Perhaps. Last Exorcism, maybe a co-watch, one of our revisits together. Um, So when it came to Deborah Logan, you thought that it was gonna be about a grandma or an old relative who has dementia and that she's possessed, demonic possession, she's gonna kill people. It's gonna be pretty slick. It's gonna be found footage. I mean, you're pretty much right, except for she only kills one person. Yeah, that's true. I, right? I knew, yeah, I pretty much nailed Just it. Just the cop. Yeah, I think that's it. Only one cop dies. Yeah, right? I yeah, think just the one guy, the one person. Oh, unless the guy in the hospital dies, the hospital security yeah, guard. Yeah, they because they're like he's yeah, in critical like snake, condition. Snake venom or something. They yeah, he's in epileptic shock, or, or yeah. not, that's not the word, but you know when you have an allergic reaction, yeah. anaphylactic shock. That's it. But I mean, you were pretty spot on. That's pretty much this. I don't. Yeah, I pretty much got it. Yeah, she's a grandma that turns into a demon. <laughs> demon demon grandma. I'm gonna make a fucking movie that's just called Demon Grandma, <laughs> and just cut right to the chase. So that's right. boom. So out of how many bags of slimy bones? Of slimy bones. I also don't quite understand how they got up to the, ad- whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh, and they totally went, sorry. <laughs> I, okay, apparently I watched too much of the show Supernatural. You ever, you familiar at all? No, with- not yet. I know I'll watch it someday because they love those boys. Yeah, uh, I am apparently have watched way too much Supernatural because all these movies with demons and then they're like, how do we get rid of the demon? I'm like, call the Winchester boys. <laughs> They'll do it. They know. You got to burn the bones, burn the remains. It's something they do in the show all the time. So uh, I was laughing when they got to the like, we got to burn his body. And I'm like, that's straight out of super. That, I'm sure it's from real <laughs> lore somewhere, I bet, about ghosts but and, you know, possessions. But uh, I, I, that's always it. And I'm like, demons aren't hard to beat. You just read a fucking book. Hereditary showed us there's books that are like, this is how to summon the demon. <laughs> And to get rid of them, do this. Like, that's all in there. Just read a book. And also, sorry, I know I just asked <laughs> you for your rating, but like, yeah. if she hears on her switchboard that he's going to kill her daughter, why didn't she call the cops? Yeah. Like, she really thought, oh, I'll go take on this murderer. Like, she and her friend Harris. Like, really, oh you're not going to call the cops and be like, hey, I just overheard this. He's killed some kids <laughs> and he's going to kill my daughter. You're going to take it on yourself and then bury him yourself uh-huh. in your backyard. You're, um, make, you're, yeah. you're making me like shave off stars now as I'm sitting here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, okay. Bag, out of bags of slime and bones. I, I think on my letterbox, I threw up three and a half for this. 
Uh, okay. But now I want to go for a round number. It's just a three. Okay. Three bags is what I give this. I give it two. Okay. Okay. Before I would have given, I don't remember what I would have given it, but I remember being like, oh my God, it was so good. It's so you would have given it a four. I, I don't think probably that much, but. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not that kind. <laughs> but probably three and a half. But yeah, definitely it's a two for me. Yeah, three, but probably won't revisit. And if I did, I bet my opinion would change over time. <laughs> I was just I was just in a good mood watching this movie. I was having a good time watching it. So Okay. Uh even though it was kind of crappy at times. But Well, I'm glad that you I just didn't had fun. Hate it. I just had fun. Well good. So now we are going to Traumaville, a whole nother plane of filmmaking excrement if you will (laughs) okay toxic avenger the tagline of course is he was 98 pounds of solid nerd until he became dot 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 and you're supposed to read the toxic avenger on the poster description traumaville has a monstrous new hero the toxic avenger is born when mop boy melvin junko falls into a bat of toxic waste now evildoers will have a lot to lose their lives All right, Toxic Avenger, let's do this. All right, so Toxic Avenger. I thought it was so fucking good. I loved it so much. Did did you really? I really did. Oh my God. When I was rewatching it, I was like, this could go either fucking way. And really going into it, I thought the same thing. Because I was like, because this is, trauma is so not for most people. Really? (laughs) And I did not think it was for me. Everything I knew of it, I did not think it was going to be up my alley. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. And I don't know. I feel like if I would have watched this 10 years ago, I don't know that I would have loved it. And I don't know what has changed in me Mm -hmm. over the years, but I just thought it was such a good time. Like Joe was gone when I watched it and he came home and he knew I had watched it. And he's like, so how was that? And I was like, it was so good. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I like, I loved it. I thought it was just such a fun ride. And it's just for as, I mean, I don't know if it was cheap. I imagine it It was was. cheaper than, okay. It was like, it just felt like it was made with so much, not it felt, you could tell it was made with so much love Mm -hmm. that these people just, loved what they were doing they were in on the joke it wasn't like a movie that was trying to be serious and it was just so bad and you're like wow this is embarrassing to watch because they're it's just so bad it was so much fun to watch because they knew exactly what they were doing and they just took it full force Mm -hmm. there's things like all the stuff with like the blind girl what's her name julie sarah Sarah. Sarah, that I'm like, yeah, if like this movie were made today, you probably couldn't do it quite as much as like, I'm a blind girl. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's you know, some things like that that now you wouldn't be able to do when you make a movie and watching it, you kind of are a little like, ooh. Yeah. And there's a lot of language in there too that's like, sure. Yeah. But, but that's kind of like part of trauma is pushing buttons. Like it's, I, I've kind of been like, yeah, you know. It, it, you're just more aware of, I mean, I hate to just be like PC and sound like I'm like Rush Limbaugh, like the PC police ruining everything. But <laughs> but you're more aware of these things. We're more sensitive to these things, I think. But uh, a movie like the movie's trauma makes, like they're, uh, you know, use is not, they're, they're not condoning it. The fact that, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's in there for effect. Like it's to shock yep. you and to make you think 
if it's misguided, whatever, but it's not for everybody. So, and it's the sort of thing where like no one's safe. It's like, it's not just, yes. they're not just like making fun of people who have, you know, a disability with their sight. It's like they, you know, they beat an old woman. They, it's yes. like no one's safe. And, and in that situation, it's usually like, it's, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like, it doesn't make you feel as bad because you're like, well, everyone's getting it from all ends. Yeah. It, tra- trauma movies really are uh, live action South Park episodes. Totally. And that's what I was thinking of. Like, like, it totally has that sort of feel. And funny enough, uh, Trauma Lloyd Kaufman is the guy that discovered Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Like, he With got Cannibal the Musical? Cannibal the Musical. Which I've not seen. After I watched this and was talking to a friend of the podcast, Nico, about it, he's like, oh my God, have you seen that? And I said, no, because I feel like maybe years and years ago I tried or something. I was yeah. just like, ugh. But now I'm like, 100%, I got to watch it. Yeah, it's 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 bad, but it's hilarious. It's like a it's like a really funny student film is really what it feels like. I'm very curious to watch more of their movies because I'm like, none of them can be as good as this. You're in luck. Because <laughs> <laughs> you liked this, so now we're gonna. Uh, I hope you know. For I'm gonna give you some more trauma movies, so don't don't so worry. So, what's your favorite kill in there? You know, and it, okay. So everybody knows too who hasn't seen Toxic Avenger. Like one thing I loved about this rewatching it is this is totally the movie where it is a slasher movie where the slasher is the hero. It's like as if what we've always wanted from Friday the 13th, where it's like, just make Jason the main character. Uh, and like they make everyone he kills so despicable. You do not, you're waiting for them to die. Like they cannot die fast enough. Uh, and he does not disappoint. One of my favorites is the fight scene with Cigar Face and his gang in the alley. Oh, yeah. That first yeah. fight scene where like he does the eye poke, the Three Stooges eye oh, poke and just God, takes yeah. the guy's eyes out. Yeah. Uh, or when he puts Cigar Face in the trash can and starts punching his crotch <laughs> like a speed <laughs> bag. Uh, I know it's cheap Looney Tunes shit, but it's hilarious. So funny. Um, that's good. And I love the weightlifting machine death. That's crushes the, the guy's head. Count is my yeah. favorite. It's so, so good. good. And, they show and it's like the like, gore is uh, always fun, but it never was like, oh God, except for maybe the little kid who got like run over. In the which beginning. I hear is cut out of a lot of versions of them. Like that's really? the thing that that's, that's too much for certain like broadcasts and replays of this movie. Cause it's like, it looks like it, that could be what it looks like. I mean, hopefully I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like most of the other stuff is pretty comical and you just get some glimpses, but mm-hmm. that one is like, there's a lot of time spent showing that. Apparently literally all they did was put a wig on a watermelon and that's wow. how they got the head smash. That's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. But there was also just so much like, aside from it being made with love, there's so much heart in it, which is a thing I love in a horror movie. Like, I mean, I'm all for hereditary where it's just bleak as fuck, mm-hmm. but like, I also love a horror movie that has a lot of heart in it. And this one does like, like all those little kids were so fucking cute when they're like all at the ice cream shop, like talking about how they're going to save him. And they're just the most adorable things ever. Uh huh. And the guys were like, we got to save him. Like, it's just so fucking sweet. Yes. I love, I love the cop. Like what is it? Officer O'Malley or whoever he is, the Irish cop. Cause everything is stereotyped. Trauma, everything stereotypes. Like I love that the chief of police is a Nazi, like yeah. literally. and that's like a recurring thing that you know police are fascists in trauma world like the more movies you watch like that's you know they reduce it all to your and i feel like this movie like it was shot in new jersey 
uh, I believe, you know, but clearly some stuff in New York because you see the Twin Towers and all that. I feel like some of this has to be a commentary on New York of the 80s, the crime and all that. Like clearly that's sure. what they're going for. Trauma's office. I don't know if they're still there, but historically they've been in Hell's Kitchen uh, since it was, you know, a scary place to live and now it's all gentrified, but they, they've been in that same spot of Manhattan for a long time. And the first time he spoke as the Toxic Avenger, I almost lost my shit because that was so funny. I did Don't not worry, it. I won't hurt you. He like, <laughs> yeah, all the voice acting for the monster. I love his voice when he's talking, but I also, when he's like killing people and he's just, <laughs> and they throw that yeah. weird laugh in there, that really deep laugh. Like, I love it. I crack up every time I hear it. I feel like it could be renamed Beauty and the Frankenstein because that's what it, fe- it felt like a mashup of the two of those. Yeah, funny enough, uh, I've seen a couple interviews now where Lloyd Kaufman, so he's a Yale graduate, funny okay. enough. Uh, and he was at, he went to school with uh, uh, George W. Bush while he was there at Yale. Lucky. Yeah, and also Oliver Stone. Uh, oh. So they were buddies before they both jumped into filmmaking. Uh, but Lloyd Kaufman talked about discovering all it while he was in college, all these old movies. Cause he was actually there for like uh, Chinese, I think is what he majored in or like Chinese studies wow. or something like that, which is uh, cause in toxic Avenger part two, uh, they go to Japan and like China, like for extended periods. So like he okay. was, he was into um, uh, East Asian studies of some kind. Uh, but he had a friend that was a film in the film studies program so he started discovering all these classics through that friend uh and a particular favorite was frankenstein with boris karloff uh but he has often been in interviews saying but i thought the monster should have been the hero i felt bad for him and he should have been the hero and that's clearly where toxie was born from uh to be the frankenstein that is here to save the day the monster is not the bad guy he's the hero which is great. I just and his outfit's so great that he's in a tutu. In a tutu and with his mop, just cleaning up the town, literally. So, I mean, I didn't look into any or of this just because I know you're, or figuratively, right? Yep. That you're like the 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 expert here. Mm-hmm. So the guy who plays Melvin is literally just Melvin, and then it's a whole new person playing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And Melvin never comes back as like that character. Uh, I I think in one of the sequels there's four of them all together right now uh two and three are kind of like two got really cartoonish like they laid, laid i think they were trying to make it less gory and market to kids maybe a little bit more or tone it down a little bit so it's a little more goofy uh and then apparently three is just they filmed too much footage for two so they cut another movie out of what they had left over and made three okay. uh and then it was kind of dormant for a while and then they did Toxic Avenger 4, which they go to some places that like, that's definitely not for everybody because they really push some buttons in that one with what they do. But I think he comes back in four maybe as like a hallucination or a dream of like my past self or like what I could have been or gets turned back into normal. I can't remember. I haven't watched all of them in a while. I loved Julia. She was probably my favorite character. I loved her so much. Mm -hmm. She was such a bitch and I just loved her. Yes. And I thought that Slug reminded me of like kind of like a sexier Corey Feldman like yes he had a similar yes. vibe but it just like not as weird looking he was like cuter and I like a bozo's got some yeah. good moments too she's oh, yeah. stressing me out slug like all of that <laughs> stuff was like done 
just mwah, chef's kiss. Like just yeah, just the fact that they were all such assholes. Like we're gonna go out and kill kids and yeah. get points for doing it. Like they set it up. Like these people are absolutely horrible. Yeah, and you just love it that when they die, you're like it's so satisfying. And then there's that like weird wrench where like you're like he goes and kills this old woman and you're like my first thought was when he got in the car wreck it switched something in his brain and now he was going to kill all good people yeah and i just loved that it went there for a little bit like where you didn't know why he had killed her Mm -hmm. and then you find out and you're like oh okay he's still the same but they like you know grabbed onto that as being like okay well we can use this now to our advantage Mm -hmm. that was so awesome yeah part four has uh there's a there is an evil toxic avenger from an alternate universe, the noxious offender. Um, Fun. So he's just the same okay. thing, but he kills good people and like takes okay. over Tromaville. And they have to fight, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, no, Troma really leaned into the whole, like you were saying earlier, you can tell that they were in on the joke. That like that is really their style. They honed in on it, I think, with this movie, and then it carries through forevermore, where at some point, Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hurst, the producers, directors of all the stuff trauma makes themselves, they keyed into the fact that, you know, we are serious filmmakers, but we're never going to have the money. We're never going to get like really great actors. A lot of these actors act for free in their movies because uh, they're just so low, you know, starting out looking for anything to do that they, they just make it surreal make it cartoonish like we we know we're not going to create this amazing you know performance we're not getting leonardo dicaprio in this movie that's gonna give us some amazing you know go deep in character and give us this great performance like just do something ridiculous like we'll lean into that uh and be in on the joke and just you know and if the special effects don't look real enough who cares the fans you know will lean into that as well like we want it to be surreal and cartoonish. I was reading somewhere, I think it was on their Wikipedia page, they describe it as like trauma movies are known for their surrealistic or, you know, over the top style. That's like part of the fun of it. So they are very self-aware. And it's funny too, they started as a, they were initially, sorry, a quick history for of trauma. They've been around for like 45 years now. It's crazy. But it, it, they started as just like a support kind of production company because Lloyd Kaufman did location management for Rocky, the first Rocky. And then uh, they apparently also worked on, he was a production manager on My Dinner with Andre, uh, you know, okay. and some like prestige pictures. Uh, and that's the origins of trauma. They were like a little support kind of uh company to these bigger productions uh and then i read in one of his books because lloyd kaufman's written a few books on filmmaking in one of them he mentions working on the final countdown which was this big budget like science fiction movie in the 70s that he said it was just so terrible working for a big studio and he saw all the just what he thought was waste of money the movie was a bomb uh that he decided trauma was just going to go into business solely for themselves not work with other companies and make their own movies uh and they started doing like sex comedies uh like you know porkies type stuff like those kind uh-huh. of movies like before porkies happened uh and then and i've i've watched a couple they're not very some people are like fans of it i, I don't get like i don't think the comedy comedies are that funny or that good but then things like porkies happened being made by bigger studios they couldn't compete anymore so they were like what do we do now oh the industry is saying horror movies are dead in the 80s, you know, that all these sequel, sequelitis has run this shit all into the ground, it's over. Uh, and then Toxic Avenger happened. It was an idea he had, like, we'll make a horror movie that's gonna 
show them that there's still stuff to do with this. Okay. Uh, and it became a big midnight movie. And then that's what they honed in on. We're going to make gory monster. You know, that's the stuff we do is funny, surreal, gory monster movies. And they also produce stuff or uh, uh, distribute, I should say. They buy, you know, movies from other independent guys like Redneck Zombies. That's like a famous uh, trauma distributed flick or Rabid Grannies is another one I love from. And Poultry Geist is them, right? Poultry Geist is them. That's one of their original productions, um, which is a horror comedy musical. They have like a library of hundreds of movies. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are even, you know are very questionable quality but they have a lot of movies they distribute i think that i like it more after having done evil dead the musical so many times Mm -hmm. i think that because that has i mean it's a hilarious musical it's you know based on evil dead which i hadn't known before saying i'll direct this so i got to know the evil dead franchise which is a ton of fun but doing that musical where you're definitely i mean you know we don't have a lot of money Mm -hmm. like our theater company so you're doing lots of things super cheaply and um you know definitely like winking at the audience knowing full well you're not making this look like someone's really getting their arm chopped off and like the the blood isn't really coming from you just have like water guns shooting the the blood out and Mm -hmm. things like that so i think that having done that prepared me for my enjoyment of the toxic avenger just that sort of like we love this so much and we're having so much fun Mm -hmm. please have fun along with us whereas in the past that may have just annoyed me but i definitely love it now oh absolutely and uh, to answer the question we'd had earlier of our favorite monsters from episodes ago, I forgot mm-hmm. Toxie. He's one of my all-time favorite monsters, the Toxie Avenger. He's just, it's just a, such a fucking likable character. Mm-hmm. You know, like really you, you, you really just fall in love with him as the movie goes. I challenge anyone not to just be like, Toxie is so great. Once the <laughs> over. Like we need it's- a monster hero out there. That's right. If you don't like him, it means you're a bad person and he should kill you. That's what I think. (laughs) I was pretty dead on with my description. I said, like, he was a nerd. And I mean, it's also been around for some while. So Mm -hmm. you kind of know. But I was like, he, you know, gets chased by bad guys or bullies. I said toxic waste falls on him, which was incorrect. He falls falls into into toxic waste. Semantics. Semantics. I said there'd be a love interest. It'd be like Beauty and the Beast. I said she'd be scared of him at first, but he'd prove himself to to her. But like that never had to happen. She's like, blind. She loved him, but she's blind. But even when she felt his face, she still just loved him. There was never a moment where she was scared of him. And I also appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And then I said he'd seek revenge on his bullies. And he sure and did. Maybe like Batman where he becomes an unlikely hero. Oh, hell yeah. Where I got it really wrong is I said I thought he was going to die or disappear at the end. No, he just becomes the hero of Traumaville. Nope. Everybody That's loves right. him. So I love that. Yeah. And uh, this, this movie too, uh, you, you had said if you'd seen this like 10 years ago, you don't know how you'd feel about it. And it's like, I'm pretty sure for me, it's like roughly about 10 years ago, maybe a little more is when I really, so I remember seeing this, there must've been like a cut for TV version. Uh, Cause I was familiar with the character. So I must've seen one of the movies, at least on television as like a kid. Cause I was, I've for somehow I've known who the toxic Avenger is since I was a kid, you know, small. Uh, and there was also a cartoon briefly. I thought there was. They made a cartoon briefly, so I'd seen that as well. But then in college, uh, I remember it was one of my buddies, Kyle, if you ever hear this, yo, uh, remember- Sup. Sup, dude. Remember those crazy times where we just went on this binge of discovering, like, we wanted to find the most fucked up or just, like, worst horror, like, bad horror movies. Uh, and he was 
uh, I think it was like an uncle, you know, the cool uncle or something told him like, watch the toxic Avenger. Uh, so we sought it out and we're like, this is incredible. Like it blew our minds. Cause you know, we, we were young college guys. It was the, you know, little edge lords that were like, it pushes buttons. It's offensive just for the sake of it. Like, this is exactly what we need violence. You know, we we're all about it. Yeah. And then I, I, I loved it and have not revisited it for years. So I was glad to see that I still liked it uh, as much as there's some cringy jokes here or there in it now, but I, it, I think it holds up. It's still like fun. Totally. This has got to be an incredible like midnight movie to watch again. I always go to that, ah, but this is yet another one that I'm sure in a theater full of people that are all into it. Uh, just cat call in the movie. It's probably a blast to watch. So I'm sure it is. We'll, we'll experience it someday. Someday. Uh, maybe we could host it, you know? Maybe. Guys, you want us to have a screening and watch a movie with you? Maybe one day we'll do that. <laughs> How many mops out of five? Mops of justice. I, mops of justice. I give it four mops of justice. Nice. Nice. How many do you give This it? was another one, too, where I'm like, I was fluctuating. Like, I think in the past, I would have given this five, like, right out. But, you know, I'm going to say four as well. Let's give it a four. Okay. I'm feeling generous. Let's do it. <laughs> it's four mops, baby. Uh, none of the sequels are as good as this one, unfortunately. So uh, if you feel like you want to do some extra credit and seek some of those out. The musical is available on my little streaming site Ooh, that I use. Yeah. And I started watching it, but I, and I was like, I'm going to finish it before the episode. And I did not. Uh, um, so I need to, because I'm really excited to see it. And I would like to do it someday. Cool. So did you come up with any connections between the two films? So here is my joking connection. They both feature a main character named Sarah. Okay. Because, yep. yep. I mean, that's a, yeah, that, that is true. Yep, the daughter and Deborah <laughs> Logan and his uh, girlfriend in this one. But really what I had keyed in on watching these is they're both kind of body horror movies mm-hmm. uh, in a sense where... Deborah Logan, it's her transformation into a snake monster. And in this movie, Melvin, and the scene when he transforms, like some of those effects are pretty uh, horrific with the sound effects of the creaking and cracking. You're like, oh my God, Uh, it sounds painful. Uh, So yeah, body horror. People turning into monsters. People turning into monsters. And I'm I'm a big fan of the idea of mashup movies where you take two movies that the titles sort of can work together and putting them and a callback to earlier in the episode we were talking about um so i think that we could do a movie the taking of deborah logan's run (laughs) (laughs) i have a lot i actually have a list of like over a hundred mashup movies oh really yeah yeah movies sometimes with musical artists um and uh, yeah, I have a whole bunch, so I'm going to have to throw some at you during some of our episodes. So that reminds me of in college. I didn't think I would ever, I would do this on air so soon, but uh, in, in college, in one of my film classes, we had this production course where we had to write, well, we were going to produce like a f- few short films. Like we were split into teams to create a short film. Uh, and whoever wanted to write one and put it into a content- contention to vote on which ones we were going to make. So I wrote a script for a movie called Musk Man, uh, which is about a mutant muskrat inspired by the Toxic Avenger that goes on a rampage on a college campus. Uh, I still have it. My wife uh, (laughs) did a reading of it for me once. Uh, Oh. uh, She says I should make it, so I should send it to you sometime so you can read Musk Man. Maybe we uh, actually work on this thing. But it didn't get made because I lost by one vote. Oh. Uh, 
but I had my little fans in the class that were like, Muskman cannot die. We have to keep it alive. <laughs> uh, but then it became this running gag for the rest of the semester where we would take movie titles and insert Muskman into it or Musk. So we were creating sequels to my Muskman movie. So some of my favorites were um, Muskhard instead of Die Hard. Got it. Yeah. We had Muskhard or Live Free or Muskhard. <laughs> Muskman and Robin was another one. Like it. Jurassic Musk. Just... <laughs> Muskman Begins. We just kept going with them. Like anything you could put Muskman in there. Well, you're going to have to send it my way. So your mashups reminded me of that. But I should send you that script. And listeners, if you are interested in a musk man becoming a reality, write in. Yeah, if your (laughs) wife is listening to this, she will remember because it was in grad school. I was coming up with these ideas to make these mashup productions Mm -hmm. at the theater. And I remember in rehearsals, everyone just like coming up with ideas and bringing them on over and... Um, I wrote them all down. So someday. I wish I had uh, everything we had written out. I think on Facebook somewhere, people had written some of them. So I have to go look at some old posts and see if they're still on there. But yeah. So guys, that's some movies. They sure are. And um, next week we're going to have more. We're going to have more. And spoilers, I'm giving you another trauma movie. I'm going to take you on... I'm curating a tour of Tromaville for you of what a trilogy of trauma, a trilogy of trauma. Uh, the, what is, uh, they refer to it as the ode to trauma, uh, is what you're getting. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's going to be fun guys. Well, I'm not telling you what my trilogy of terror is, but it will be revealed soon enough. That's right. I hope, I, but I'm kind of, you know, I have a lot of blonde moments, so I'm not sure I might not get it. Like until you tell it to me. So. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, please write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Follow us on the Insta, scaringasharing. Rate us, write us, review us, all those things. Love us. Love us. Hate us. And thank you for listening. Check out the other Planet Ant podcasts. And, yes, please. Uh, uh, you know what? Peace and love, everybody. That's right. We'll see you next week. Okay. Can't wait. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.